Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Red 5 Radio. Red 5 standing by. This is Red 5 Radio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Red 5 Radio, the Star Wars podcast where we take an in-depth look at a galaxy far, far away. First off, we would love to thank the amazing Vanessa Marshall for that intro she recorded for us. Thank you a million. It sounds amazing. You'll be hearing her voice again this episode as we learn about the Darksaber. Spoiler warning for Star Wars The Clone Wars, Rebels, and The Mandalorian. Without further ado, let's get on to it. This is where the fun begins. I got a really good feeling about this. Hold on! What's this about? A lightsaber. Not just any lightsaber. It can't be. So you recognize it? That I do. It is the Dark Saber, a symbol for the leader of House Vizsla and later, the group known as Death Watch. I didn't know Mandalorians developed a type of lightsaber. We didn't. This was one of a kind. The Darksaber was a unique variant of lightsaber with a sleek black blade. It was an ancient weapon created by Tar Vizsla of Clan Vizsla from the planet Mandalore. Like other lightsabers, it was powered by a kyber crystal, but this black variant was the only known crystal of its kind. Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. After his passing, the Jedi kept the saber in their temple. That was until members of House Vizsla snuck in and liberated it. They used the saber to unify the people and strike down those who would oppose them. One time, they ruled all of Mandalore wielding this blade. Tar Vizsla was the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order prior to the year 1032 BBY. After his death, the Darksaber was kept in the Jedi Temple. Members of Clan Vizsla stole the Darksaber from the Jedi during the fall of the Old Republic and the Mandalorian Jedi War. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi that fought with such powers. After this, the Darksaber was passed from generation to generation of Clan Vizsla who used it to kill many Jedi, and it was respected as a symbol of leadership, not only within House Vizsla, but by all Mandalorians. This lightsaber was stolen from your Jedi temple by my ancestors during the fall of the Old Republic. Since then, many Jedi have died upon its blade. This brings us to the first of the six wielders we'll be talking about today, Pre Vizsla. Your mark. The sign of Clan Vizsla. I am Pre Vizsla. We are the Death Watch. Descendants of the true warrior faith all Mandalorians once knew. Now my people are living in exile because we will not abandon our heritage. When we're first introduced to the Darksaber, its wielder is Pre Vizsla, leader of Clan Vizsla. He is serving as the governor of Concordia, one of the moons of Mandalore. He is also secretly the leader of the Death Watch. 
As we've learned in an earlier episode, the Death Watch is a Mandalorian extremist group who opposed the views of the pacifistic Mandalorian government led by Duchess Satine Kreis. When the Death Watch was discovered by Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, Pre Vizsla fought Kenobi with the Darksaber while his troops evacuated. Later during the Clone Wars, Pre Vizsla and his lieutenant, Bo-Katan, discovered the rogue brothers Maul and Savage Opress adrift in space, having lost power to their ship and suffered heavy injuries. After learning that Maul was also an enemy of Kenobi, the Death Watch aligned themselves with the brothers and decided to include them in their plans to take back Mandalore from Duchess Satine. Together, they formed the Shadow Collective, comprised of the Death Watch, the Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate, and secretly backed by the Hut clans. The Shadow Collective staged a coup on Mandalore, with the Shadow Collective acting as an attacking force, while the Death Watch stepped in to protect the citizens, seeming to save the day. Even though it was all staged, the citizens began to rally around the Death Watch and viewed Vizsla as a hero, much to the dismay of Satine. Vizsla betrayed Maul and Opress, imprisoning them and sentencing them to death. However, they escaped and Maul learned that if he challenged Vizsla and won, he would assume control of Death Watch and Mandalore along with it. I will challenge him to single combat in front of his men. He will not deny me. Ooh, if you defeat him, according to the ancient laws of Mandalore, his soldiers will be honored bound to follow you. Precisely. Maul did exactly that. He burst into the throne room and demanded Vizsla face him in single combat. I challenge you, one warrior to another, and only the strongest shall rule Mandalore. So be it. Give him his weapon. After a challenging duel, Maul disarmed, defeated, and decapitated Vizsla with the Darksaber. Like you said, only the strongest shall rule. I claim this sword, and my rightful place as leader of Death Watch. Never! No outsider will ever rule Mandalore. If you will not join me, you will all die. You're all traitors. Unfortunately for you, history will not see it that way. Execute them! After Maul claimed victory and the Darksaber, Bo-Katan refused to follow him, claiming that an outsider would never rule Mandalore, despite him winning the Darksaber fairly in combat. Her and a small group of loyal Mandalorian warriors split off from the Death Watch, while a majority of Mandalorians stayed and recognized Maul as the rightful leader. They donned red paint on their formerly blue armor, and a select group, known as the Super Commandos, had horns decorating their helmet in honor of their new leader. After Maul lured Kenobi back to Mandalore, Maul used the Darksaber to kill Duchess Satine in front of Kenobi as part of his revenge against the Jedi Master. After Kenobi made his escape thanks to Bo-Katan, Maul and Opress were confronted by Maul's former master, Darth Sidious, who came to eliminate his former apprentice before he grew even more powerful. 
I sense a presence? A presence I haven't felt since... Master. Master. I am most impressed to see you have survived your injuries. I used your training, Master, and I have built all this in hopes of returning to your side. Hmm. How unfortunate that you are attempting to deceive me. Together, Maul and Opress fought Sidious, but they were no match against the Sith Lord. After Opress was killed, Maul drew the Darksaber and used it in addition to his red lightsaber against his former master, but was unable to defeat him. Sidious tossed aside the Darksaber as he subdued and tortured Maul with Force Lightning. The Mandalorian Super Commandos recovered the Darksaber following Maul's capture, and freed him from the prison known as the Spire. Super Commando Gar Saxon led this mission. Remember that name, Gar Saxon. He's important later. Maul then reclaimed the Darksaber and used the weapon when he boarded Grievous's Dreadnought to keep him in check during the Battle of Ord Mantell. Maul then threatened to kill Dooku with the Darksaber as a means of revenge against Sidious. However, Maul freed Dooku in a last-minute effort in a fight against Kenobi and Mace Windu at Maul's secret asteroid outpost, Vizsla Keep 09. After this battle, Maul escaped and returned to Dathomir to gain help from Mother Talzin of the Night Sisters. Maul was confronted by Grievous and Sidious at the Nightbrother village. He, along with Talzin, who had possessed Dooku, fought Sidious and Grievous. Maul used the Darksaber in combat until he and Talzin were overwhelmed. He fled the battle as Talzin sacrificed herself and was killed by Grievous. The Darksaber remained with Maul for years, and was still on Dathomir during the reign of the Galactic Empire. Get away from there! Is that a lightsaber? Indeed. Yes, but not like any that you would know. If your Mandalorian friend was here, <laughs> she could explain it to you. Ezra Bridger of the Ghost Crew found it amongst Maul's possessions, and Maul noted its importance. During an unexpected battle with Night Sister spirits, it was recovered by the Mandalorian Sabine Wren, another member of the Ghost Crew, who then gave it to the Jedi Knight Kanan Jarrus for safekeeping, as she herself knew what it was and was hesitant to use it. Kanan showed the saber to the Mandalorian protector Fen Rao, suspecting that he knew something about it as Sabine had refused to speak of the weapon since their return from Dathomir. What's this about? A lightsaber? Not just any lightsaber. It can't be. So you recognize it? That I do. It is the Darksaber, a symbol for the leader of House Vizsla, and later the group known as Death Watch. I didn't know Mandalorians developed a type of lightsaber. We didn't. This was one of a kind. Fen Rao told Kanan the legend of the saber's creation, as well as how it was used to unite House Vizsla and eventually all of Mandalore. Sabine told the group that the saber was nothing but trouble and that she wanted nothing to do with it. So you do know what the dark saber is? I know it caused my family nothing but trouble after Maul took it. Maul used it to divide and conquer our people. You can wield it to do the opposite. Fen Rao and Hera Syndulla convinced a reluctant Sabine to learn how to use the Darksaber so that she could attempt to use it to unite Clan Wren 
and form an alliance between the Mandalorians and the Rebellion. Kanan, if Sabine can wield this saber, she can reunite one of the most powerful houses in all of Mandalore. You're talking about raising an army, with Sabine leading it. Kanan knew that she had to be trained in combat. Listen, once people know you have it, you will be challenged. And you need to be able to defend yourself. He, Ezra, and Sabine traveled to a secluded location on the planet Atalon to train. Ezra taught Sabine the basic lightsaber forms, but Kanan refused to let her wield it, as she lacked patience and discipline, much to Sabine's displeasure. History lesson! The Jedi won the war with Mandalore. These tricks will amount to something, maybe save you from time to time, but they won't keep you alive in the long run. Only training and discipline will do that. After several more days of training and some convincing from Hera, you still won't let her train with a dark saber. Look, Sabine is a capable warrior, in some ways more so than Ezra, but she can't or, or won't find balance within herself. Until she does, wielding an actual lightsaber is far too dangerous for her. By letting her pretend with that stick, you're only encouraging her not to commit to this. You're not listening to me. If I let her use the darksaber, she will get hurt. Kanan allowed Sabine to wield the darksaber. During their training duel, Kanan was able to convince Sabine to talk about why she left Mandalore. Sabine revealed she left to fight the Empire and save her planet. She felt responsible for weapons the Empire used to enslave her people. In doing this, Sabine was able to process her emotions, which allowed her to decide that she was worthy of wielding the saber. Following her trials, Sabine, along with Kanan, Ezra, Chopper, and Fenrau, traveled with the Darksaber to Sabine's family, Clan Wren on Cronist. After landing on the planet, Sabine, Kanan, and Ezra sought an audience with Sabine's mother, Ursa Wren, the leader of Clan Wren. While Ursa was shocked that her daughter had obtained the Mandalorian Darksaber, she later disputed Sabine's claim to the weapon, as she had not beaten Maul in single combat. Where did you get it? From Maul. You won it from him in combat? Uh, not exactly. I... Then you have no claim to it. Well, I'm holding it. That's a pretty good claim. Anyone can hold the Darksaber. The trick is keeping it, along with your head. Ursa then tried to trade the Darksaber, along with Kanan and Ezra, to the Viceroy Gark Saxon, the Emperor's Hand, and the puppet ruler of Mandalore, in exchange for Sabine's safety. Gar Saxon had no intention of keeping his word, and ignited the Darksaber as a signal to his men to massacre Clan Wren. While the Super Commandos fought with the Clan Wren warriors and the Jedi, Gar Saxon tried to murder Ursa with the Darksaber from behind, but Sabine, wielding Ezra's lightsaber, intercepted the blow. Gar Saxon and Sabine then engaged in a fierce duel outside of the Wren stronghold. Ezra tried to help, but Ursa stopped him. By Mandalorian custom and law, no one can interfere. Although Saxon nearly overpowered Sabine with sheer force, Sabine managed to use her newfound skills to wound him and recover the Darksaber, holding both the black and the green blades to his throat and demanding he yield. When he did not, Ursa killed Saxon. Having defeated him, Sabine became the new rightful owner of the Darksaber. She stayed behind with her family and Fen'Rau to reunify the Mandalorian people and to find the true leader of Mandalore. I'm not Mandalore's leader, but I'll find the person who is. 
Sabine eventually led a mission to Mandalore to rescue her father, Ulric Wren, from Imperial custody. During the mission, Sabine met Bo-Katan. Kanan and Ezra, this is Lady Bo-Katan of House Kreese. Her sister, Satine, once ruled Mandalore. Bo-Katan was made regent by the Jedi before the end of the Clone War. She's still seen by many as Mandalore's rightful ruler. So what happened? After the Empire took over, I refused to obey the Emperor and was betrayed by the Saxon clan. Your commitment to Mandalore's freedom is legendary, my lady. This belongs to you. Sabine offered her the Darksaber, but Bo-Katan turned it down as she felt she was unworthy and had already had her chance to rule. Later, Bo-Katan and Sabine led a raid on the Mandalorian governor Tiber Saxon's Star Destroyer in order to destroy the Duchess, the superweapon Sabine had built during her days as an Imperial cadet. Sabine used the Darksaber to breach the Duchess's core, causing a chain reaction that led to the Star Destroyer's destruction. After the raid, Bo and Sabine talked about the Darksaber, and Sabine offered it to her once more. She finally convinced Bo-Katan to take it, by showing her that other clans were willing to follow her, and stating that the Force had brought the Darksaber to her, so that she in turn could pass it on to Bo-Katan. This is only the beginning. The Empire will send everything they have to crush Mandalore. That is why you should lead us, my lady. You had the courage to make a difficult decision. With your guidance, you have the wisdom of a ruler. There's no one I trust to wield the Darksaber more than you. And I am not alone. Clan Vistla is with you. Clan Rook is with you. Clan Elder is with you. Clan Kreese is with you. The Protectors are with you. Clan Wren is with you. Now I understand why the Saber came to me. It came to me so I could pass it to you. Bo-Katan accepted the Darksaber and memory of her sister Satine, and for the honor of her clan and Mandalore itself. I accept this sword for my sister, for my clan, and for all of Mandalore. After claiming the Darksaber, Bo-Katan would eventually lose it after the Great Purge, an event in which Mandalore was nearly exterminated and the survivors were forced to leave the planet. However, she continued to lead the Night Owls and remained focused on eventually reclaiming her homeworld as well as the Darksaber, which signified her leadership. We don't see the Darksaber for another 10 years until it shows up in the hands of the Imperial ISB officer Moff Gideon. Gideon has participated in the Great Purge against the Mandalorians and had acquired the Darksaber, presumably straight from Bo-Katan, as she was aware he had it and was actively hunting for him. While hijacking an Imperial cruiser, Bo-Katan, accompanied by fellow Mandalorians Axe Woves, Koska Reeves, and Din Djarin, also formerly known as simply The Mandalorian, she threatened an Imperial captain and demanded to know where the location of the Darksaber was. Where is it? Who's what? The Darksaber. Does he have it? If you're asking, you already know. 
The captain, instead of answering, bit a suicide shocker, killing himself. This move left Bo-Katan clueless about its whereabouts, but sharpened her will to earn back what was rightfully hers. Following the battle on Tython, the Mandalorian foundling Grogu was captured by Gideon and brought to his command ship. While visiting the child in his cell, Gideon ignited the Darksaber and asked him if he remembered other weapons of its kind from his past. When Grogu reached towards the saber's blade, Gideon pulled it away and taunted him, telling him he was not yet ready to play with such things. After Grogu's capture, Jaren, accompanied by Boba Fett, located Bo-Katan and Reeves and recruited them to help him rescue Grogu. Bo-Katan agreed to help only after being promised the Darksaber. Gideon has a weapon that once belonged to me. It is an ancient weapon that can cut through anything. Almost anything. It cannot cut through pure Beskar. I will kill the moth and retake what is rightfully mine. With the Darksaber restored to me, Mandalore will finally be within reach. Help me rescue the child and you can have whatever you want. After a successful raid of Gideon's cruiser by Jaren, Bo-Katan, and their associates, Jaren attempted to save Grogu from Gideon. Gideon then explained the significance of the Darksaber to Jaren. You see, she wants this. Do you know why? Because it brings power. Whoever wields this sword has the right to lay claim to the Mandalorian throne. Jaren defeated Gideon in his duel and wrestled the Darksaber from him. He brought the captured Moff to the bridge and tried to give the weapon to Bo-Katan, but she refused to take it. Gideon laughed as Bo-Katan explained that she had to win it in battle. Why don't you kill him now and take it? It's yours now. What is? The Darksaber. It belongs to you. Now, it belongs to her. She can't take it. It must be won in battle. In order for her to wield the Darksaber again, she would need to defeat you in combat. I yield. It's yours. Oh, no. It doesn't work that way. The Darksaber doesn't have power. The story does. Without that blade, she's a pretender to the throne. Jaren attempted to yield, intending to make good on his promise and wanting to avoid trouble, but Bo-Katan only stared at him coldly and yet again refused. However, before the conflict could continue, the group was forced to arm themselves to repel Gideon's dark troopers. Eventually, the Jedi Master Luke Skywalker arrived to save them, taking Grogu with him to be trained in the ways of the Force. And there ends the history of the Darksaber, so far! We will most likely see its tale continue in the upcoming season of The Mandalorian, and possibly different upcoming shows as well. Hey, it's time for a new but short segment here on Red 5 Radio. What I'll do here is present a controversial Star Wars opinion of mine and give it a quick and reasonable defense. Here we go. This is Red 5. I'm going in. Listen, 
Star Wars Rebels is a really underrated show. Stick close, Red Five. Where are you going? Okay, stay with me here. People like to say it's not good and justify their opinion with the fact that it's a kid's show or the characters aren't likable. In my opinion, this is mostly reactionary. It's a known fact that once Disney acquired Lucasfilms, they pulled the plug on Star Wars The Clone Wars, which ran on Cartoon Network, in favor of their own animated TV show, Star Wars Rebels. Clone Wars had one of the biggest followings at the time, and people were mad about the cancellation, so of course they were going to be upset when Disney announced Star Wars Rebels. The animation was simpler, it's on a different channel, and the big one, it introduced completely different characters. That, in my opinion, is where Rebels shines. Clone Wars got the privilege of using well-known and loved characters, and Rebels takes place in a time of Star Wars where we don't know a lot of what went on. There's tons of exploratory room in the formative years of the Rebellion, but getting audience to empathize with a brand new group of people in a relatively new era is definitely an uphill battle. Luckily, they got to keep a lot of the same developmental team, including Dave Filoni, and got to introduce a lot of Clone Wars storylines. Ahsoka, Rex, Maul, Darksaber, even Cham Syndulla and Hondo and Akka make appearances. Rebels is the Clone Wars for an entirely new generation. It's an introduction to a galaxy far, far away for people who were too young to have watched the Clone Wars growing up. So yes, it's a children's show, but the writing, the characters, and the adventure are all still Star Wars at its core. Fun and exciting adventures, and the moral battles of right and wrong, family struggles, and finding one's place in the universe. I, I love Star Wars Rebels, and I can't wait to see the Rebel storylines continue in upcoming Star Wars projects. And hey, that'll bring us to our Star Wars news for the week. You're listening to the Grand Army of the Republic broadcast, the voice of the Outer Rim. This next one goes out to the mutt jumpers of the 224th. Starting with some Disney Plus stuff, uh, The Bad Batch is reportedly at least 14 episodes. Uh, one of the audio engineers has done at least 14 episodes according to his podcast. Uh, so expect some longer seasons uh, with The Bad Batch show, which is exciting. Uh, the Mandalorian characters are uh, rumored to appear in the Book of Boba Fett, which is going to be releasing this winter. Uh, Migs Mayfeld, um, Mando himself, Din Djarin, Grief Karga, and Cobb Vanth are amongst the other rumored returning characters. Remember, take this with a grain of salt as it is a rumor, but it is exciting to see returning characters. Uh, staying on the Disney Plus train, a new Star Wars book teases Obi-Wan contacting Qui-Gon during the new series timeline. To take an excerpt from the new Star Wars book, Skywalker, A Family at War, uh, it says that before he and Yoda parted ways, the old Jedi revealed that Obi-Wan's beloved master, Qui-Gon Jinn, had returned from the netherworld of the Force, manifesting his conscious mind even after death. It took ten years, but eventually Obi-Wan was able to commune with his dearest friend, resurrecting within the cosmic force. This is exactly the timeline that Kenobi is rumored to take place, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, the, the timeline lines up exactly with the series, um, so it's more than likely we will see Obi-Wan reconvene with Qui-Gon Jinn. Last up on Disney+, Plus, the Ahsoka series had a plot detail come out, uh, rumoredly that is, uh, that would be Ahsoka Tano is on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in hopes it would help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago. 
and this will also tell us that Thrawn and Ezra are going to be featured in the series which is exciting because that would be two major Rebels characters showing up in further Star Wars continuity, which is always very fun. Moving on from Disney+, Plus, the Disney Parks are reportedly releasing working retractable lightsabers, uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, to pull an excerpt from the report, a special effects device providing an energy sword effect. The device includes two long plastic semi-cylinders, and these two blade body members are rolled perpendicular to their length, which creates compact cylinders of material of small volume that can be provided on a pair of spools and a hilt. All of that goes completely over my head, but I'm sure it'll look cool when they reveal something. And lastly, we are celebrating Daisy Ridley's birthday today on the day we're recording. Uh, it's going to be April 10th, 2021. She turns 29. Happy birthday, Daisy Ridley. Rey from Star Wars Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. We love you, Rey, and we hope to see you again. And hey, that about wraps it up for this episode of Red 5 Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much, Vanessa Marshall, once again for that fantastic intro. I hope you learned something today, and we will definitely be retouching this episode once more about the Darksaber is revealed in the future. Uh, we'll do an, uh, probably just a, a part two. Uh, so stay in touch for that. Uh, make sure to check out the Hunks poll that I'm doing right now on the Twitter page. We're voting on Star Wars Hunks. Uh, I won't spoil anything right now, but it's looking pretty good for the sequel fans, I'll tell you that. Thank you very much for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And you know the drill. Obi-Wan's going to take you out, okay? Remember force will be with you always.